your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Tuesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast on this November 23rd, 2021. Your boy Q, off top, like to thank you for making the Locked On Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day. And remember, you can find the show free and available on all platforms, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Uh, as we all know, this is a very short week. The Raiders will be back in action on Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, in Dallas, taking on the Cowboys. So everything that the Raiders are doing leading up to the game is fast-forwarded. It's, it's different than what it is on a normal week. So just take keep that in mind uh, as we get through the week, as we uh, get into the game on Thursday. Just know that uh, everything is going to be, like I said, kind of fast-forwarded and, and sped up because, well, they got to get prepared for a team. they got to fly out on Wednesday to get to the game and play on Thursday. So coming up on today's show, calls and text straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. That's segment number three. Segment number two, uh, I had Ed Graney on my radio show on Unnecessary Roughness Raider Nation Radio 920 on Monday. And uh, he was talking about the team and talking about what he thinks they need to do moving forward. And he brought up playing desperate. And really, it was funny because it's not something that's never been talked about before. But it's something that when he said it, it just really the light bulb went off in my head. And so I thought that that was a really good point that Ed made. Uh, He's actually going to write an article about it. It might be out today on the Review Journal. Maybe it's on Wednesday. But he's going to be doing an article on the fact that the Raiders need to play and they need to play like they're desperate. And I'm sorry, but they probably got to do it the rest of the way because they put themselves in that position. So uh, I'm going to talk about that. Plus, you're going to hear Ed Graney actually ask Derek Carr in the media session that happened later on on Monday evening about that. You know, is the team going to go out there and play desperate? Can they go out there and play desperate? You'll hear that answer. Plus, there's a call. Got a call from Raider X, and he mentioned playing desperate as well. So going to tie all that together in segment number two. Here in segment number one, just give you the news and the notes of the day. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Now, off top, before I get into any news, I do want to address the fact that there's a ton of rumors right now floating around Twitter. And Twitter almost had a meltdown, and I know that that's not the end-all be-all, but it almost had a meltdown on Monday when it was announced that the Raiders were having a media session later on in the evening. Matter of fact, about 5.45 Pacific Standard Time. Of course, the 1 o'clock media session with head coach Rich Basaccia. That was one that was known. That was one that I was at. But the Raiders had sent the email out and let us know, hey, there's going to be a media session by way of Zoom because this week is sped up. We need to get the players out there and the coordinators out there like we normally would do later on in the week. So Derek Carr, Greg Olson, Gus Bradley all spoke with the media later on Monday uh, evening. And so a lot of folks flipped out thinking it was going to be some major announcement. Thought Mike Mayock was going to come out and say someone's been either fired or someone's been released or something like that when that wasn't the case. It was just the fact that it's a short week and the Raiders got to get these media sessions in as quickly as possible and they're leaving on Wednesday to go to Dallas. So that's the reason why uh, we knew that in the media. We knew that around 8 30, 9 o'clock in the morning on Monday but then there was still some people in the media I'm not going to call them out by name. Some folks that cover the team uh, here in Las Vegas and also some folks that cover the team out, out of town that were basically implying that something bad was about to come down uh, based off this media Media session. Now, there are other rumors out there as well that aren't based off that media session, but there's other rumors out there as well that something else is going to come down the pipeline uh, really bad around the silver and black. And look, 
There's a lot of rumors. I'll just throw it out there like that. This is what I'll tell you. There's a lot of rumors. It's not worth bringing to the table as far as what they could potentially be because they have no legs to stand on at this point. Now, if it becomes something where they all of a sudden there's some evidence behind it or there's some actual facts behind it, I'll be the first to bring it to the table, just like I did on Monday when I said that Mike Mayock was angry and left the press box and went down to the actual field uh, and then addressed the team at, at halftime. I mean, something that I see or something that I know is a fact, I'll bring to the table. But I'm not just going to bring rumors that, you know, could potentially be something. I'll tell you that, hey, there could be something brewing. But until there's actual facts, I'm not going to bring anything to the table. So a lot of folks are hitting me up, and that's fine. I appreciate you hitting me up. But I'll keep it, you know, real with you at all the time. If I hear something that I believe is facts, I'll bring it to the table. If I don't, I'm not. Because I'm, I'm not trying to break the news. I'm trying to make sure the news is correct. So let's get into some of the sound bites from the media sessions that happened. Again, Rich Basaccia, he met with the media around 1 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. That's his usual Monday meeting, and usually that's it. But as I mentioned later on, uh, Derek Carr, Greg Olson, and also Gus Bradley met with the media uh, as later in the week obligations, but they did it on Monday. So uh, let's go back to Rich Basaccia. He was asked about the players in the locker room, and if they have the fight to get things back on track. If those are the right fighters, they've faced teams the last three weeks that have come in or they've gone to their place and they've had the fight in them. But do the current Raiders, do they have that fight? We've been fighting. You know, fighting to me comes from the soul and it's the heart of a man. I don't see those issues on tape. Um, I feel like we've we've done a good job of battling. I think uh, certainly the Kansas City game got away from us a little bit at the end. And uh, maybe this game paralleled that one a little bit to some degree. We just, we've had trouble extending third downs on offense. And then, like I talked about earlier, we've, we've um, shot ourselves in the foot a little bit defensively. We've had them stopped on multiple third downs. We've gotten penalties. And then when they got some manageable third downs, you know, we haven't had a chance to stop them. So when you put your defense out there time and time and time again, and at times there's gonna, they're going to break, right? There's going to be a give in the wall. And uh, so we have to do a better job offensively, keeping our defense off the field, extending third downs. But I don't see the fight or the will of our team or the will of the individual men in there being an issue. I don't see an issue in our effort or our ability to compete to the bitter end. Um, But, uh, you know, everyone has their take on it. I feel like we have to do a better job in executing our plays. So according to Rich Passaccia, the fight is there in the players. It's just the execution. The execution is not very good, so that's what has been the biggest issue. That's what's been really plaguing this team moving forward. Now, one of the issues that's been plaguing this team moving forward has been the run game and the fact that they just really don't have a run game. I mean, yeah, they had 70-something yards on Sunday, but uh, like I mentioned about Darren Waller's catches, I felt like the 70-something yards were very ineffective. Everybody who ran the rock on Sunday averaged about four yards a carry. But you wouldn't know it because, again, I felt like they were very ineffective runs. They were just more stat building than anything else. They kind of got them in good position at certain points, but they weren't able to capitalize on that. So Rich Passaccia was asked about the run game and the fact that the Raiders are built to be a run-first team. How much is it hurting them that they cannot be effective and they can't do that? They can't capitalize in the run game. And I just think we're, we're trying to be, see how we're built right now. I remember, I think, two weeks ago, you guys were talking about how complimentary you were of the run game and how things were going better and looked like we were moving in the right direction running the football. And, and we were giving all the credit to coaches and players and some of those things. So, um, you know, we're just trying to do what we can, what we see going into the game, what we could take advantage of. That's the belief we have after we come out of the practice sessions. I think we went into the game with the same thing. These are things we believe we can do um, in order to help us get in position to score points. And it just hasn't gone that way. And again, we, we have to take that upon ourselves, what the reasons are, uh, what we can do better execution-wise, what position we can put them in, hopefully they can play better. 
and that's kind of how we're going about it today. I love how he talks about, well, just a couple of weeks ago, you guys were talking about this, that, and the other. I love how everyone all of a sudden wants to put it on the media or the guys in the in the room that's asking the questions. It's so funny, but, uh, you know, you could just tell uh, there's a little bit of anxiety. There's a little bit of pressing, not only from the players, but from the coaching staff, and you can hear it a little bit in Rich Basaccia as well, but I think it's very easy to see. Uh, I think anyone could tell that the run game is struggling, and the fact that the run game is struggling, it's making the offense struggle. You know, Derek Carr can't use his uh, play-action pass like he wants to. There's no threat of the run game, so teams could key in on that. I mean, there's a lot of different elements. I had Jim Plunkett on my show on Raider Nation Radio 920 on Monday, and he said, oh, there's no doubt the lack of the run game is is making the, the Raiders' offense slow down. It's really hurting them that they don't have that. So there's no doubt that it's there, but, of course, they're going to try to uh, downplay it and make it sound like that. And that's fine. That's okay. Uh, but it's clearly uh, an issue that they're having moving forward. So then I jumped in and asked the question to Coach Versace about the players and coaches. Since uh, the fight's not the problem, the run game, the lack of run game is not the problem, he sees some problems. So I asked him straight up, hey, do the players and coaches have the confidence that problems that you guys are seeing on film that you do know are existing can those things be corrected similar to what I asked Darren Waller on Sunday night I'd like to think so I know we do as coaches I know we're going to always look inward first you know what did we do wrong and then after that you look at okay what are our problems what solutions do we have to fix our problems and that's how we're going to go about it in the meetings giving that to our players so it'll be an interesting week it's a short week just like it is for every team that plays on a Thursday night we'll be in a lot of meetings a lot of walkthroughs I think we're 48 hours from getting on a plane and uh, playing on Thursday. So um, hopefully we'll get a get us in position to have a belief system going into the game that we can do some things against our opponent that help us score points and win the game. So I thought right there Rich Versace was sending a message to the players because I asked about the confidence to correct the problems. And he said, well, we know as coaches that we do. We believe as coaches we do. So that to me, if I'm reading between the lines, is we, we feel good about what we're doing, but can the players do it? I feel like that that was a direct challenge to the players to get their blank together and, uh, you know, make Make it happen. And the coaches are going to put them in the best position. Now, I'm not saying that the coaches are always putting them in the best position. I think Greg Olson's play calling has been very suspect the last three weeks, but uh, that's something that I think a lot of people feel right now. So uh, the coaching staff feels like they're doing the right thing. The players probably feel like that they could do a little bit better, but uh, they're out there trying to execute the highest uh, ability. There's just, in my opinion, a lot of finger pointing that may not be direct finger pointing, but there's some at least verbal finger pointing going on right now with the team. And as I mentioned on Monday's show, uh, that's when you start to see teams, you know, start to break. And, and I don't want to hit the panic button and say this team is donezo. But, man, I'm telling you, it feels like they're starting to point the fingers. It's starting to uh, feel like everyone's starting to defend themselves. It just it feels like the team is currently breaking. Now, the only soundbite that I want you to hear from Derek Carr, actually, it's, it's a two-parter. And the reason it's a two-parter is because Foster Moreau was asked about the 3-0 and start that the Raiders got off to to begin the season and how everything was going really well there. And how can the team get back to that? And his answer was very interesting. So off top, I want you to hear Foster Moreau's response to the team starting off 3-0. How can they get back to playing at that level? Uh, you know, we started 3-0, uh, but at the same time, we put a lot of bad ball on tape. Would you not agree? Uh, we didn't start fast in those games, and we wound up coming back and making plays, and um, we were able to win those games because uh, we just kept fighting till the end, right? So it's about sticking to the plan, truthfully, and um, controlling what you can control. Really, that's all you, that's all you could do, because if you try to go outside of the realm of your reach, you're, you're, you're going to spread yourself too thin, and that's, that's about all, all I could say about that. 
So I love the honesty right there from Foster Moreau. Yeah, we were 3-0, and but we put a lot of bad football on film. And that's something that even John Gruden had said. Hey, we're winning these games. But we're not playing great ball right now. We still can get better. And I believe that they can still get better. And that's what made me excited about this team moving forward. They were winning games, and they weren't playing their best ball. So, hey, the only thing that's going to happen is they're going to get better, right? Well, fast forward, and now uh, we are where we are. You know, we're looking at this team, and we're saying, okay, they're 5-5. Five and five. They got seven games left. Who knows what they're going to do with this? So that was Foster Moreau from Sunday night. Derek Carr was asked on Monday by Vic Tafer uh, that same question. And basically he said, hey, uh, Foster said that, yeah, you guys got off to a 3-0 and start, but you weren't putting good football out on film. And so here was Derek Carr's response to it. And then you'll hear Vic Tafer have one more follow-up that I thought was really good. I think it's very interesting um, because, you know, we thought that we could always like play better, you know, and we were able to win those games and they were some close games. Um, but we had some things going on in those games that uh, we're, we're not getting away with right now. You know, when we got away with them then, um, and when you win, it's, it feels good and all that kind of stuff. But um, us inside the building, we were looking at those things and saying, man, we have to do these things better or it's going to come up and get us. And it has in the last couple of weeks. Can you uh, give me some examples of things you were worried about back then? I'll let if the coaches want to talk about like certain positions and things like that. I'm just worried, you know, about about me, um, you know, you know, making sure that I'm always as accurate as possible, making sure I'm always making the perfect decision, the right check, exactly what the coach wants um, and things like that. But if, you know, Ole or Coach Passaccio want to talk about like other positions, like I'll let him, you know, but but from my pers- perspective, like I'm you know, I'll, I'll talk about you know, ways that I could be better. So just pretty telling right there. I mean, you hear the tone in his responses and he's talking about, yeah, we kept talking in the building. We got to clean this up or it's going to come back to bite us. And then when Vic asked him to be specific, like, what are you talking about? All of a sudden his demeanor changes. Well, you know, I'm just I'm just worried about me. And if, if, if those guys want to talk about other positions, you know what I mean? So it goes back to the verbal finger pointing. There's verbal finger pointing going on without it actually just being pointed out like, hey, that guy is our biggest problem or that unit's our biggest problem or that coach is making us struggle. That's, that's going on right now, but the actual fingers aren't being pointed. So that's when, again, I go back to you're starting to see the cracks. You're starting to see the breaks. You're starting to see them becoming a problem. So unfortunately, that's where the silver and black are right now but I thought that that was a hell of a, a, a question that that Vic asked and especially a follow-up from what Foster had said on Sunday night so those are the sound bites that I wanted you to hear for segment number one coming up in segment number two going to talk about what Ed Graney said to me on Raider Nation Radio 920 that the Raiders need to play desperate the rest of the way especially starting on Thursday they got to get desperate and just go all out there is no tomorrow you just got to put it all on the line can they do that well we'll talk about that you'll hear his question to Derek Carr and Derek Carr's response to that and we'll talk about it all coming up in segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast your Locked On Raiders your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team Every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to talk about the Raiders and the fact that they need to play desperate. They need to start playing desperate as early as Thursday against the Dallas Cowboys. And, you know, the word desperate and them playing desperate and kind of going all out, I mean, this is not a new concept. This is not something that's brand new to the podcast. It's been said before by callers, you know. But on Monday, I had Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, the press box. Also, uh, the Las Vegas Review Journal does a really good job for that. I, I have 
him on every single week talking about what he saw from the Raiders game, and he does a fantastic job with that. And he did say something that stood out to me. He said, Q, man, they, they need to act like they're desperate. They need to act like it's the end of the road. Now, 5-5 five and five is not. It's not mathematically eliminated, but they need to act like one more loss and they're out. They need to act like they are all the way backed up in the corner and they just got to be like dogs and try to fight their way out. You know, sometimes that really works well. When you're a desperate fighter, sometimes you just go out there and you try to knock someone out and sometimes you get lucky and you do it. Now, I'm not saying that that's going to work seven weeks in a row and it's going to, uh, you know, catapult them into the playoffs and 12 wins. Not saying that at all, but maybe you can give them some confidence and then get a couple wins under their belts. And again, they've got to start this thing as early as Thursday. And so I thought that that was really interesting. And Ed actually said he was going to write a piece on it on the Las Vegas Review Journal. So make sure you're on the lookout for that because I hate the fact that I'm actually talking about this when I know Ed's going to write something about it. But I found it to be that interesting that I wanted to talk about it and think that that's one of the biggest keys to the rest of the season. I mentioned before, I don't know exactly what they're going to do moving forward. I don't know what they're going to do with the last seven games that they have guaranteed in the season. Well, it could start out with a sense of desperation and maybe things will get better. Not press, but they'll just go out there and play with a little bit of more sense of urgency, something that I don't believe I saw on Sunday until late in the game. So here's Ed Graney. He actually was part of the media session uh, later in the afternoon on Monday, and he talked to Derek Carr and asked about the desperation. Listen to Ed's question and then listen to Derek Carr's answer very carefully, and we'll talk about it. Here it goes. Check it out. Derek, Ed Graney, uh, you know, there's a sense in sports that desperation can be a good thing, the way you, teams play and in sports and kind of like focus in. Is there any of that sense in you guys for Thursday, do you think? I think it's uh, – I don't know I don't know the right wording for it, but there's definitely a feeling of, you know, enough is enough. You know, we got to win, and uh, we're in the business of, you know, winning. You know, and, you know, if you don't win – um, you know, it doesn't feel too good. When you do win, it feels pretty good. And, um, you know, you want to make sure that, um, you know, win or loss, you come in and you're always trying to get better and get better at things you got to get better at. But for us, you know, you know, this is a big game uh, for us, just like they all are. Um, and it's a big game because it's the next game, you know, and it, what an opportunity for us to get back on track on the road in a hostile environment against a really good football team. So there was the question from Graney. Great question. And there was Derek Carr's answer. Not so great answer, in my opinion. I don't understand, and I really am not trying to make this a car bashing session. You know I don't sign up for that. I'm not that guy. It's more than just a one-man problem going on with the silver and black right now. But I'll tell you right now, Ed asked a question that Derek Carr very easily could have said, you know what? Yes, we, we, we feel like we do need to play with a sense of desperation. There is, you know, we're on a three-game losing streak. We more than need a win. We've got to have a win. You know what I mean? Like, you want to see some emotion. And I mentioned it multiple times that it sounds like Derek Carr is just mentally fatigued and look I've been there done that there's been times where I feel like I'm mentally fatigued and I just don't really have it and don't really have the the excitement or energy to even be able to go you know and that that happens I think it happens to everybody at some point your mental just kind of breaks you down I feel like Derek Carr's mental is really messing with him right now and when he had the opportunity to say, yeah, we, we, we need to go out and play desperate, he knows what that means. He never would refer to the word desperate. He, well, I don't know the right word. Um, you know, this game is important because it's the next game. No, I mean, you've got to snap. If you have any idea that you want to make the playoffs or you want to turn this season around from where it's at right now, I mean, you went from the penthouse to the outhouse. If you want to get back into the penthouse, you got to turn this thing around quick, fast, and in a hurry. But I didn't hear any kind of sense of urgency in his answer. I didn't hear any kind of, yeah, the team is desperate to get a win or, man, they're more than anything want to get a win. I didn't hear any of that. And that bothers me. 
You know what I mean? Like, I, I really want to see and hear someone that, you know, he talks about he wants to be around for the wins. He wants to be the guy that helps turn this thing around. He wants this. He wants that. He's hoping that he's going to be doing this. But, man, where is the sense of urgency in your voice? It just wasn't there, and that bothered me. Again, I think Ed had a great point, and I think any team that's on a three-game losing streak should feel like they're backed into the corner, especially when you're in the AFC and the AFC West when a lot of teams are really bunched up together and you can make some moves. But, man, they got Dallas on Thursday, and I'll tell you right now, I don't believe that they are going to win this game on Thursday. I don't. I believe they're going to have a four-game losing streak, and who knows what's going to happen after that. But just take it one game at a time. I do believe they're going to lose on Thursday. And I'll say this. They have a great opportunity to win this game, and I, I hate using injury or COVID or anything like that to, to give the Raiders an advantage, but Amari Cooper is going to miss the game because of COVID. Uh, C.D. Lamb's probably going to miss the game because of being in, uh, in concussion protocol. So that's two of their big weapons right there. I mean, that you want to talk about cracking the door open and saying, here, here, Raiders, go ahead and, and steal this game on the road on Thanksgiving in our house. I could totally see them doing that, but I don't think it's going to happen. I just don't because I don't know if that sense of urgency there, I don't know if that sense of desperation. When you're desperate, maybe you all of a sudden go to a trick play. Maybe you go ahead and do a special teams, you a fake punt, a fake field goal. Maybe you do something out of your character. That's what desperation causes, and I just don't know. And, of course, they're not going to come out and say that, yeah, we're going we're gonna to just throw the kitchen sink at everybody, but it would it would have been nice to just hear a little bit more energy, enthusiasm, and like I said, sense of urgency out of Derek Carr's voice, and you just did not hear that, and so I'm not convinced that you're going to see that on Thursday. Now, I wanted to play a call also from Raider X, and he's actually calling to talk about the letdown from Sunday, and then he brings up that desperation style that he liked to see from the Raiders, so it all ties in together, so check this out. Here's Raider X. What's up, Q? This is Raider X following up Sunday's debacle with the Bungles. Hey, I gotta take that back. Gotta give them some respect. Uh, gotta call them the Bengals because uh, they sure handed it to uh, the Raiders. So cute. Like I said, they needed to be unpredictable. They were everything but unpredictable. Five and five. Seven games left. We talked about before, scripted out the games that they could do and win to get to the playoffs. Doesn't look too likely, but it's not impossible. Now, what I need to say is that somebody needs to pull the trigger. Obviously, if Coach Rich Basaccia wants to maintain that job, he's got to play like his life depended upon it. The Raiders need to be creative, desperately creative. They need to do things that looks like they have nothing to lose, and that's where it is. Nothing to lose. Go ahead and pull out all the stops. They're not doing that. I'd like to sit there and see when Carr comes by or a player makes a bad play, he doesn't tap him on the back and say, oh, okay, okay, oh, yeah, go ahead and just let them go by. I'd like to see Carr get into one of the receiver's face. What are you doing here? Hey, talk to one of the running backs and say, hey, didn't you see that spot? I'd like to see him sit there and hold some of the, the screenshots or some of the, the over the, the the pictures from above and, and, and go over some plays instead of sitting there and looking like he's having some twilight dream. You know, or maybe Rich Passaccia can pull the trigger and say, you know what, let's bring Mariotta in for this, this series. Come on, let's try something, anything. You know, maybe we pull out, you know, uh, one of the, the linemen and put Fluker in. 
Maybe we do something a little different, a little strange, a little different. You know, let's put a little juice in there, shake some guys up and make them already see that they might get cut. Again, play desperate, desperately creative all day, every day, Raiders. There he goes. That's Raider X right there. And I love that call. I love the passion, the energy. You know, I, I love that. And the fact that you're talking about, you know, pull out all the stops. If somebody's not doing what they're supposed to be doing, if the offensive line is not, put someone else in there, even if it's just to shake it up for a little while. And I'm not a big, firm believer of, you know, Marcus Mariota getting into the game is going to cause a big difference. But maybe put him in for a series, like you mentioned. Maybe put him in for two or three plays. You know, maybe get him in in some short yardage. I mean, there's all kind of different things you can do. Bring him in for a run play and let him throw the ball, you know, because everyone's going to see him come in the game and say, hey, he's going to run the rock. It's going to be probably a, a zone read. Instead, drop back and, and throw the ball, you know, maybe do a little play action pass, something. But you've got to get creative. That's with the coaching staff. That's with the players. I mean, that's with everyone. They all have got to get more creative than what they're doing. Now, the defense, in my opinion, is doing a good enough job. It's not doing great against the run, but it's doing a good enough job. They just got to get off the field, and they got to stop coming up with bonehead penalties. They just they just can't afford that. This team is not good enough to overcome 15-yard penalties multiple times to continue to, to keep drives alive and ultimately allow teams to get points on the board. They're not good enough to overcome overcome that they just can't so uh they got to clean that up but for the most part man every other unit on the squad needs to get creative and like i said play with a sense of desperation and a sense of urgency so that's all i got for you for segment number two of today's locked on raiders podcast again make sure you check out ed graney he's on twitter at ed graney he'll be writing a piece on the las vegas review journal on that desperation and, and why the raiders need to be playing with that sense of desperation so make sure you check that out because his conversation with me on monday really sparked this segment right here so uh again that's all i got for you for this segment coming up in segment number three your calls and text right off that locked on raider podcast voicemail line seven 707-654-4693. Before we get to that, though, I do want to tell you about betonline.ag. And for everything that you can imagine when it comes to sports, I'm talking basketball, pro and college, football, pro and college, NHL, boxing, UFC, Vegas casino games, everything that you can imagine, betonline.ag has got you covered. They're your number one spot for all the action all season long. Go to the website right now on your laptop or your mobile device. Sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. How do you do that? Use the promo code Locked On. It's all one word. It's that simple. No matter how much money you put into your account, $500, $1,000, $1,500, $2,000, whatever it is, it does not matter. You use that promo code Locked On. You're going to get 50% of that as a welcome bonus, just as a thank you for signing up and joining with betonline.ag. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and they're where the games start. Segment number three, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to jump into your calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693. That is the number. Up first, we got Raider Mike. He's calling in to talk about how pissed off he is and who he's pissed off at and why he's so pissed off. Here he is, Raider Mike. Yo, Big Q. What's up, Raider Mike? Man, I'm, I'm, I'm at this point, man, I'm, I'm really at a loss for words, man, and I'm, I'm extremely I'm pissed off for you know, myself, my family, every other Raider fan in this world, man. And it, it just doesn't make any sense, man. From top to from top of this organization to the bottom, there is a there is a big problem that continues year after year after year after year. And 
not yet can we find a solution. Offensive play calling, atrocious. This is the same, if, it's, if that's Greg Olson that's calling those plays, this is the same Greg Olson that we had back in 13 and 14, and he had he was awful at play calling then. So what makes us think that anything was going to change now? And at the same time, you know, whatever, whatever happened with those situations with Gruden and Ruggs, yes, I understand it affects everyone, um, and everyone's still upset by it. Outside of Raider Nation, nobody cares. You have a job that you're being paid millions for, more than the average citizen. You have a job to do. Why can't they go out there and get it done? There is absolutely no way that these dudes, that I feel like these dudes are taking anything serious right now. You know, I'm, I'm listening to Cars Pressers, and I, I keep continuing to hear that it's on me, it's on me, it's on me, it's on me. That's every single time. That that gets old. If it's on you so much, then why don't you do something about it? And I understand he's not, uh, it's not just him, but he's one of the leaders on our team, if not the main leader on our team. How many times do you keep wanting him to be on you? These guys got to get it together. And to be honest, man, I, I – I don't even want to talk about the playoffs because right now this does not look like no playoff team, and it, it hurts, man. It hurts. It's frustrating because, you know, you, you make this team a priority in your life, and it just seems like they always seem to disappoint, man. We take 10 steps forward just to take 10 steps back, and, and, and to be honest, man, it just it's really just starting to – it pisses me off every time, man. You know, at the end of the day, all we can be is fans and – See where we go from here, man. But I just want to get a little event session off, man. Um, God bless you, Q. God bless all Raider Nation. Uh, we still we still got to stay up in this thing strong. Uh, Raider Mike, out. Raider Mike, there he is right there. He let it be known that he's pissed off, who he's pissed off at, and why he's pissed off. Also, who he's pissed off for, including Raider Nation, family, friends, all that, everyone who expects more from the silver and black. And, you know, one thing that you said in that that really stood out to me is the fact that, you know, Derek Carr always says, it's on me, it's on me, it's on me. That reminds me of when I had my football coach back in the day with the Fresno Pirates, and I remember I did something as a DB. I did something. My coverage was off. I don't know. I think I did cover three, and it was supposed to be cover two. Anyway, it was something I did wrong because I wasn't paying attention like I was supposed to be paying attention. And this was during practice, and I said, my bad. And then he said something about, yeah, just don't do it again. And then later, about a few plays later, I did something else wrong. And then I said, hey, my bad, coach. And he's like, look. And he stopped play. And he's like, look, I don't give a damn about my bad. I give a damn about getting it right. You know what I mean? So when you said that, that you're tired of hearing, it's on me, it's on me, that, you know, that does get that does get old. That does rub people the wrong way because it's almost like, hey, because I admit it is my fault, then it's okay when it's not. You know what I mean? So uh, I totally understand it. Every time I hear Derek Carr say that, that's all I go back to is when my coach told me that. Like, hey, I'm not worried about my bad. I'm worried about getting it right. So good stuff right there, Raider Mike. I do appreciate you. Uh, next up is a text from Slayer Raider. He says, the three penalties that keep three Cincinnati drives alive when they should have been punts turn the tide of this game. Then again, our offense would not have won the game for us anyway. Time to bench Carr and move on from him in the offseason. Car press conference looks concerning. He looks anxious and angry. I've never seen him like that. Something is coming over this team, and it's not good. That's from Slayer Raider. And, uh, yeah, I agree. And that's why on Monday I did the show about the team looking like and sounding like they were at the point where they could be breaking 
and maybe even broken already, you know, but that's that's why I said that. And Derek Carr's demeanor in the presser on Sunday was one kind of way where he looked like he was mentally fatigued. He also got a little bit angry. And then Monday, it was just kind of, well, you know, it was almost nonchalant, you know, so it was, it was the tale of 24 hours, but neither one of them were good looks in my opinion. But uh, there's definitely a lot going over this team, uh, a lot that this team has gone through. Uh, that's, uh, I know, a built-in excuse, but it's not really a built-in excuse. It's just a whole lot for them to take in, and I don't know if they're going to be able to recover from it. And right now at this point, I'm looking at the final seven games and saying, hey, go out there, give it your best shot. Uh, obviously, we'll be paying attention each and every game, and if they win, they win. If they don't, they don't. I mean, it's about as simple as that as far as I'm concerned right now. Uh, my conversations with the playoffs is over. I don't think this is a team that has any chance of making the playoffs. But, again, that's right now. Who knows what happens in the next three weeks? Maybe the tune will be different. But right now, this does not feel like a team that has any business even thinking about the playoffs. And, unfortunately, that's the case when that's not what the case was when the season began. So thank you so much for your text, my man. I do appreciate you. Next up, got a call from, I believe, Miz in the 408. He's calling to ask if it's too early to start thinking about the succession plan at the quarterback position, something that Slayer Raider kind of uh, alluded to as well as the text before. But here he is, Miz, I do believe is his name, in the 408. Yo, yo, Q, it's your boy Miz in the 408. Whew, what a game. Um, as a positive, bro, honestly, we did play a little better. We hit, we got Waller involved and all that. Well, I'm kind of thinking just a little ahead of the time, you know, a little ahead, you know what I'm saying? I'm not really trying to look at the, you know, the playoffs right now, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's heartbreaking to really think about it, but you know what I'm saying? Like, but is it a good idea to start looking like scouting as far as like QBs for, for the draft or is it something to where if we were to even let, honestly, I don't expect Mariota to put, get like be healthy. We lose, we lose Mariota. Oh, car. And then just a cycle, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it is what it is, but, uh, is it too early, or do you see anybody that could fill that spot if it's if it's a a plug and play, or if it's keep keep Car for another year and then sit down that QB and you know push him through that way you know make a plan like that you know because yeah I'm, I don't know man what do you, what do you think about that you know just let me know what you think and uh, on to the Dallas Cowboys bro no need to to dwell on these bro because it's just it's just gonna eat us up but um, keep your head up man. We, it is what it is, bro. I just got next game. Let's go. There he goes. That's Miz in the 408, I do believe. And uh, thank you for the call. I appreciate you. And no, I don't think it's too early. I really don't. I don't think it's too early to start thinking about the offseason for anyone in that front office, especially Mark Davis, because as I mentioned multiple times, man, he's going to have so many different answers and so many questions he's got to answer in the offseason. Is Mike Mayock the guy moving forward? Is Derek Carr the guy moving forward? Uh, what about Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Abram, Cleve Furl, are you picking up their fifth-year options? Who's the guy that you can move forward on the team with? You know, is the coaching staff, some of them sticking around? I mean, it's so many questions. Who's the head coach going to be? I mean, there's so many questions that have to be answered, and I'm telling you, I've said it multiple times, this offseason is not going to be a boring offseason. It's going to be very interesting because I think there's going to be a ton. I just, my gut feeling tells me there's going to be a ton of shakeup in this Raiders organization in the offseason. But again, that's just my gut feeling. Maybe it's not, but again, that's that's just me. So we'll see exactly what happens. Got time for a couple more. How about a text from Mark in Kentucky? Q, Mark in Kentucky, if the season keeps trending in this direction, which seems likely, who's locked to come back if 
and when the rebuild starts this offseason. I get mathematically the season isn't over, but if you've been watching this team for a long time, you know it's over. With that said, they hang 40 on Dallas somehow. I'm booking my Airbnb in L.A. for February. That's Mark in Kentucky. Thank you for the text, my man. And, yeah, it's kind of going back to the last call. I don't know. I don't know uh, who's going to come back. I don't know who's a lock. I don't see anyone who's a lock. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I'm not being smart ass or anything. I'm just saying I don't know who's a, a, a lock to come back because I don't know what direction this team's going to want to go. I think the way that this needs to be done, uh, depending on what Mark Davis's plans are, if you're going to change a GM, obviously you got to change a GM and let him hire a coach. If you're going to do that, obviously you got to get that done pretty quick, fast, and in a hurry when the season's over, or else all the good coaches are going to be uh, on someone else's coaching staff. You know what I mean? Then you got to make a decision on uh, if there any coaches that you're going to try to retain, like a Gus Bradley, like a Ron Miles, a Richard Smith. Now the defense is cooking. Do they want to stick around? You know, is Derek Carr a guy that you're going to want to move forward with? Is he a guy that's going to deserve a contract extension? If so, is it a long term? Is it a one year? Are you going to draft a quarterback? Are you going to try to get a free agent quarterback? You know, I just there's so many stinking questions. I mean, I could do a show probably on all the questions that the offseason will have. I just don't want to fast forward to the offseason that quickly just yet. But, yeah, I mean, there's absolutely, in my opinion, there's really no locks to come back next season. And I know someone right now is going to say, well, what about Max Crosby? He's coming back next season, no doubt about it. Well, you never know what they might do. You never know what they might do. They might go ahead and trade him and flip him for some draft picks because they feel like they need to rebuild the team. I mean, I'm not saying they are. You just never know. You never know. After Khalil Mack got traded, I think anything's possible. (laughs) I mean, really. I don't buy jerseys anymore for a reason because after that happened, I believe anything's possible. So in my world, there's no locks for anyone to come back. But then at the same time, you know there's got to be folks that are coming back. You just really honestly don't know who. So thank you so much for that text. Hopefully I uh, helped explain it a little bit without probably giving you an answer anyway. But thank you so much for that. I do appreciate it. Uh, Final call for the show today is going to go for my guy, P.E. in North Carolina. He's calling to talk about the Raiders and the fact that it's not different until it's different. Here he is, P.E. in North Carolina. What's up, Tupac? What's up, Raider Nation? P.E. from North Carolina. Q, my man. AQ, it's not different until it's different, bro. That's the one thing about this team. It's not different until it's different. You know, Derek Carr, I'm not going to sit up here and talk about Derek, uh, well, criticize Derek Carr, Q, but your question was spot on at the end of the game about the sense of urgency. It's almost like in the first two quarters, in the first half, you know, they don't, and he doesn't care about punting. You know, they he's willing to punt and not take a chance on making a play. I called in and defended him last week about trying to make a play. Well, now he's not trying to do anything. He's just willing to take the check down cue, and that's not – I mean, that's not winning football, man, throwing a three-yard pass on the third and eight. You can't do that consistently. But that's not why I wanted to call. His comments after the game kind of bothered me a little bit, Q. You know, year after year, he gets up there and talks about he wants to see the day when this thing turns around. Derek Carr been here for eight years. At what point is he going to look in the mirror and say, I got to be the change. I got to be the one to turn this around. It's almost like he's looking for somebody to come in and turn it around, and he just wants to be alone for the ride. He keeps saying he wants to be there, but you've been there eight years. Are you a part of the problem, or or are you a part of the change that you want it to be? I, I don't understand why he keeps making those comments, man. If you want it to be different, why don't you make it different? Stop checking the ball down. You can make it different. Nobody has more influence than you on the field, so make it different. 
But Q, last thing I'm going to say, man, one more time, it's not different until it's different, bro. Peace out, Raider Nation. P.E., it's great to hear from you, my man. I appreciate you. And you know what? You just made the title of the show for today. It ain't different until it's different. I like the way that you worded that, and uh, you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all, man. And when Derek Carr says he's been there longer than anyone else and he wants to be part of the change and he wants to help turn things around, when you've been there as long as he has, I mean, at some point, you got to look in the mirror and say, okay, you know, maybe it's not everyone around me. Maybe at some point it's me. Now, again, it's a team sport and you got to have a good team around you. You got to have good coaches around you. I get it. You got to be set up for success. But at some point, you got to shoulder some of that responsibility as well. And I'm not coming from a place of being a car hater. I'm just saying, Something has got to change. Uh, I mentioned in segment number two, I want to see them play with some desperation. I want to see them play with some sense of urgency. And that's something I didn't see on Sunday until late in the game. And at that point, it was too little too late. So a uh, great call, P.E. Thank you so much for that. And again, I love that. I'm going to title the show that it ain't different until it's different. So uh, good stuff, man. Appreciate you. So that's all I got time for on today's show. Uh, coming up tomorrow, we'll have a, a text from Raider Jim. We'll have a call from Army Raider, a text from Matt in Washington State, plus uh, obviously more news and notes of the day. Uh, I'll break down my keys to victory, what I think that the Raiders need to do on Thursday as they go to Dallas on Thanksgiving to try to take them on in that primetime game. What I think that they need to do, the only way I think that they'll come out of there with the victory. We'll do that on Wednesday as well. And then, of course, Thursday they will have crossover Thursday. Uh, Marcus Mosher, host of Locked On Cowboys, will join the show to talk about, uh, well, the matchup that will be played later on that afternoon. So I know it's Thanksgiving week. I know we're going fast and furious, but we're going to get it done around here because that's what we do. So appreciate you, Raider Nation. Again, thanks for making the show the first listen each and every day. And remember, you can find the show free and available on all platforms. So until tomorrow, Raider Nation, take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Love on your family. And most importantly, as always, just win, baby.